Welcome to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Here are your hosts, Joe and Kendall. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. And I am the elephant in the room. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're your hosts, Joe and Kendall, joined again this week by Paul Marchetti. Say hi to everybody. Hey, everyone. How's it going? All right. Thank you, Paul. It was a pleasure having you. Now you can leave. <laughs> oh, okay. That's all Bye, we guys. You for. Um, but anyways, Joe, I'm looking here, and we've got we've got quite the docket for this week. So do you want to go ahead and give us a little rundown of what we're talking about? Absolutely. So, yeah, like Kendall said, we have quite the bit to get through a, a very much a happening week. Uh, we have Woody Harrelson talking on Saturday, Saturday Night Live about uh, these anti-vaccination conspiracies. That's going to be fun. Uh, believe it or not, another train... Uh, run by the Norfolk Southern Company has derailed in Ohio, so we'll be talking about that. Uh, we have some updates from uh, the recent CPAC, uh, so we will be getting you that news. And then uh, finally, uh, Tucker Carlson with uh, the January 6th tapes, never-before-seen footage, um, and some of his analysis as well as ours on that. So uh, let's get right into it. Indeed, indeed. Now, Joe, I've never been that much of a Saturday Night Live kind of sore, but it seems like you might be with all this information that you've got. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes, I I guess I am. So, uh, yeah, we have uh, Woody Harrelson, who uh, actually hosted Saturday Night Night Live for the fifth time uh, last weekend, uh, took aim uh, in his final monologue uh, at the COVID vaccination mandates. You know, he closed his opening monologue discussing the, quote, craziest script he has ever read. And we have uh, audio from that. So the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes. And people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is gonna believe that crazy idea? Don't get the vaccine. It'll put a (laughs) magnet in your shoulder and you'll put a refrigerator on you. I don't know. I mean, that's basically what his criticisms are. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I have uh, an excerpt from uh, the Washington Post who immediately commented, uh, his joke referenced a pervasive conspiracy theory that pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies control the government and the media and that they are forcing the public to take this unnecessary vaccine. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I think that it's it's very interesting uh, that uh, Harrison, who... Uh, uh, is a self-described uh, anarchist, Marxist, which, you know, I don't, I'm, okay. Uh, uh, ethical hedonist, whatever that is, uh, and non-discriminate empath. <laughs> All of these things. Uh, he is uh, among those also anti-vaccine, anti-vaxxer. Uh, so this is, uh, he, he's uh, not alone. Uh, he he uh, joins uh, many uh, celebrities and media, uh, the most recent one being uh, last week when, uh, Celebrity from uh, the movie Shazam, Zachary Levi, uh, responded to an anti-vax tweet asking, do you agree or not that Pfizer is the real danger to the world? To which he said, hardcore agree. Um, so, yeah, this this seemingly symbolizes a, a narrative shift among multiple celebrities, among multiple media outlets who are now entertaining this moderate vaccine skepticism. So, you know, I don't, I don't know where that's going to go, but that's that's definitely uh, a change in, in uh, what we've been hearing for the last two to three years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I really think of myself more as a discriminatory impact. So, <laughs> so I'm not really sure what he's thinking with all this. But no, it's like he just went shopping and pulled whatever words he liked off the I'm, shelf. I'm more, and a Texan. He's also a Texan. Oh, and don't a Texan, that. right? Yeah. A, a anarchist Marxist Texan. I mm-hmm. l- three of those don't seem. <laughs> I feel like two of those would cancel each other out, and then you'd just be left with Texan. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, think. I think that's the probably. Oh, we the have reason. a Texan right here. Yeah. We have a Texan right here. Could you be, Paul? Could you be an anarchist Marxist? Non-discriminate empath Texan. Are you a non-discriminate empath? I'd say. Uh, um, I'll, I'll have to say no on that one. Um, I think if I said yes, my parents might come down and uh, come beat me because I was raised uh, oh, right. Well, if, they, if they could feel that quickly that you'd say yes, they they must be non-discriminate empath. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm gonna get off. <laughs> but I mean, well, one thing about Woody Harrelson being a Texan. I mean. Very, very interesting fact. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, his father was um, very discriminatory towards the federal judge that he killed um, back in the day. (laughs) Um, Because, yes, his father was a hitman for organized crime and did get sentenced to prison for killing a federal judge. I had no idea. Very good to know. It seems like these traits were definitely not genetic. Um, But anyways, as you were saying, Joe, this definitely... This definitely seems to be a, a shift in the, you know, wider media world's view of the COVID vaccine. And it's almost like, um, you know, all these so-called conspiracy theories from 2020 and like early 2021 of, oh, don't get the vaccine. It's going to be it's going to be bad for you um, that we're very much associated with, like the far right. It's coming out more and more that like maybe even if they're not 100 percent confirmed, there's a lot of validity to them. Like just a couple of weeks ago, I think we talked about the um, it coming out that the. COVID-19 pandemic was most likely started in a Chinese lab, something else that was called a conspiracy theory for a long time. Yeah. Um, so it very well seems like maybe now they're trying to stretch out and be like, well, yeah, yeah, this is this is weird. You're right. And so that, you know, when these things may, may or may not become significantly more confirmed, it's not like, oh, those right wingers were right or, oh, Trump was right. It's like, that's what we were all saying, even though it, it took you two years, but do you guys um, want to know a conspiracy theory? Another conspiracy theory on a conspiracy theory, I'd say. What's that? I would say, uh, you know, this sort of uh, acceptable per- parameters of criticism that we're seeing with the vaccine um, might be an effort. And this is a this is a conspiracy theory, I mind you, so cover your ears. <laughs> this might be uh, an effort from the establishment to separate Trump, who has announced his run recently, uh, from his... Uh, you know, largely anti-vax base. I mean, Trump being the the administration, let's not forget, who uh, oversaw the research and development of these vaccines. Mm-hmm. And uh, who better to take the blame for all of the vaccination failures, for all of this, uh, you know, all of this skepticism going on about that, for the mandates even, you know. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like we might see a little bit more of that connection being drawn, especially as we get closer and closer to the election. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, speaking of Trump, uh, he was recently in Ohio uh, following a uh, train derailment, uh, East Palestine. We covered that. Uh, but, you know, we uh, over the weekend, uh, a second uh, train from the uh, Norfolk Southern Company uh, was derailed, this time in Springfield, Ohio. Uh, the train was suspected of carrying hazardous material, prompting an immediate shelter-in-place order. Uh, however, the company later confirmed that the tankers were empty and that there was no threat posed by the derailment. Um, and, you know, this is uh, brought up, it resurfaced many questions uh, pertaining to the uh, East Palestine disaster uh, regarding the reliability of the rail infrastructure in this country. Uh, you know, largely directed, these questions being largely directed at the Biden administration and Buttigieg. 
for their seeming inaction in regard to maintaining transportation infrastructure. Uh, and then, you know, Trump, uh, who recently visited East Palestine uh, following the disaster, criticized the Biden administration for failing to maintain safe and reliable transport infrastructure. Um, another another going thing that I've seen, not predominantly among like sort of your main mainstream right wing circles, but um, some other people are pointing to the fact that Norfolk, this is Norfolk's second disaster. Um, and, you know, what the big deal with this company is. And uh, little people know that they uh, prior to the East Palestine disaster, they, they lobbied the government to block safety regulations aimed at main, mandating greater attention to brake maintenance. Um, and, you know, that being a suspected cause for both of these derailments. So, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of interesting stuff there. Yeah, I'm so shocked that a, a railroad company would be a little a little shady and, you know, <laughs> trying to get in bed with the government. I had no idea. There's no way that's ever happened before at all in American history. Uh, but no, it also makes me wonder how many railroad companies are there? Like the fact that this is the same company is like, whoa. But it also seems fairly likely that there may only be like three or four of them total. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's okay, guys, because um, it's not like Biden has spent a whole year giving trillions of dollars to <laughs> a bill to redo <laughs> infrastructure. Oh, 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 okay, never mind. I think that happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. What, where, where's that money going? Like, I, is, I mean, that, is that bridges? Like, he kept talking about all the bridges they're going to build. Yeah, is that, maybe, is that, is that like the gender neutral version of a, a railroad? <laughs> a, a, you know, we got to put the where, where, what bridge? What bridge are these money? Is this money going to? I, I don't know. Bridges <laughs> out of Ohio so people can flee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Everybody kind of like has been ragging on Ohio recently on the internet and everything. Like, it's a terrible place, but it's like the government's trying to actualize this by just sending hazardous material through and derailing trains or something i'm sorry every time we bring infrastructure bills up i have to say trillions of dollars for the gender neutral bridges okay fine four billion dollars for a wall no 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 (laughs) but it's it's a racist wall joe Remember that the bridges are not racist. They're <laughs> yes. they're non-discriminatory impact bridges. I mean, often these bridges are named after our racial heroes, such as uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, Malcolm how many, X. I and how many Martin Luther King Jr. bridges there are? Oh, you know how many Martin Luther King boulevards there are? <laughs> A lot. <laughs> Every city. You've been listening to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale one hundred one point seven FM. We're your hosts, Kendall and Joe, joined by Paul. Um, Joe, this past week. They had they hosted the annual CPAC conference in in Washington D.C. I guess I shouldn't call it CPAC conference since it stands for Conservative Political Action Conference. Um, <laughs> CPAC conference conference. Um, that would be three conferences at that point. Oh yeah. Um, anyways, that audio that we played for you at the very beginning of the show that actually comes from CPAC. That was one of Trump's speeches. Um, so we'll go ahead and play that again for you. In 2016, I declared. I am your voice. Today I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. (laughs) Frankly, Trump, I gotta disagree. I gotta say that I, I am your voice. As as you stole this from me, you (laughs) stole this from me. You know how proud of himself he must have been after saying that, coming off the stage, like, yeah, that that was awesome. I'm their, <laughs> I'm their warrior. I'm their retribution. He's he's coming into his Batman phase, you know. <laughs> I also feel like if a somebody in like ancient Greek in ancient Greece delivered that that speech, it would be in the Amer- in the Western Heritage Reader. We would be reading it like, uh, oh wow, yeah. wow. I mean, what's the 
the the one about the funeral pyre or whatever? I mean, personally, I I have talked to several students here who would like to have Trump's tweets added <laughs> to the Western Heritage Reader, and Makes I sense. would probably consider myself among them. It, they're they're a fundamental piece of American history at this point. And there's no falling asleep while reading that one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But anyways, yeah, CPAC had um, a fairly notable lineup. Uh, we'll just name off some of the some of the speakers they had. They had Rep- Representative Jim Jordan of my home state of Ohio. He discussed his vision for the ongoing House Judiciary Committee investigations and uh, um, COVID and big tech. I think uh, Ted Gru- Ted Cruz got up there and gave a very anti-Fauci speech. Basically, wants him to be charged for lying to Congress or something. J.D. Vance and Rick Scott both spoke. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene got up and defended her bill that would outlaw transgender surgeries for minors. Um, interestingly, interestingly, former University of Kentucky swimmer Riley Gaines discussed her opposition to Leah Thomas, the biological man who, um, you know, won like every NCAA swimming tournament. They're spending way um, too much time on this swimming women thing. Women tournament, yeah. by the way. I feel like there's a very easy solution to this transgender women's sports issue. Just get rid of women's sports. <laughs> That's it. You know, we had there wasn't a transgender issue in the olden days because they didn't have women's sports then. <laughs> Frankly, you know, this should be the new Republican talking point, okay? <laughs> I am your retribution. We need to get rid of women's sports. <laughs> it's true. But anyways, um, Nikki Haley, interestingly, also spoke. She said that she's the candidate for the people who are tired of losing, you know, probably a subtle dig at Trump. Uh-huh. Um, rumor has it there was a We Love Trump chant that was started while she was speaking, so that's fun. <laughs> Our good friend Vivek Ramaswamy spoke. Tulsi Gabbard also spoke. Um, you'll remember a couple months ago, Elephants in the Room talked about when she left the Democratic Party, and so now she's here speaking at CPAC. She called the Democrats the racists that they claim to hate. Um, and probably most exciting, well, that's one word for it, I guess, uh, former Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro came and spoke. Bolsonaro was there. Oh, he my was, goodness. He was. Um, notably, this list, this lineup did not include DeSantis or Pence. Um, you know, Pence was just too busy here at Hillsdale College <laughs> giving his, his wonderful speech. Not sure what DeSantis was up to. Man, I can't believe that I missed the Jair Bolsonaro <laughs> talk for the Mike Pence talk. I mean... <laughs> I would have been on the bus with the college Republicans to go to CPAC if I had known that Jair Bolsonaro was going to be there. Yep. Interestingly enough, this was the first CPAC back in Washington, D.C. since um, 2019, maybe, uh, because COVID took it out and then they decided to move it to uh, Florida. So maybe maybe DeSantis was just too lazy to drive all the way up. He, <laughs> he, he, or no, he didn't get the memo. He showed up to the, the Orlando convention, uh, convention Center expecting it to be there and it. It just wasn't. Um, but, no, it does bring up an interesting point that with the exception of Nikki Haley and Ramaswamy, maybe maybe even Tulsi Gabbard, this lineup is very much more in the, the Trump crowd of the Republican Party. Um, and you could just say that maybe Trump has more of a hold on CPAC rather than the whole Republican Party. But um, That's what Ramaswamy thinks. He went on an interview and mm-hmm. said, like, basically that. And on that note, Trump also did overwhelmingly win the CPAC's annual presidential straw poll, gaining 62% of the vote, and DeSantis came in second with 20%, which is a little bit funny and probably embarrassing for Nikki Haley, the fact uh, that DeSantis is not even declared, (laughs) is rocking 20% of the the CPAC vote. You've been listening to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We're your hosts, Kendall and Joe, joined by Paul. Um, Joe, I believe you've got some information about us coming directly from Fox News's one and only Tucker Carlson. Yeah, so uh, last week, uh, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy handed over 44,000 hours of largely never-before-seen video of the January 6th uh, insurrection, as it's called, 
Uh, Tucker aired much of this footage uh, on his show, which seems to depict uh, events that are entirely contrary to what the narrative has been for the last two years. Mm -hmm. Um, For one, Capitol Police uh, largely stood uh, idly by as protesters were, in some cases, escorted by them uh, into the House chamber. Many of the protesters were under the opinion uh, that the officers were on their side uh, as they were funneled, uh, as as I guess they funneled as many as they could um, into the Capitol grounds. And I, I, you know, I remember like the day of January sixth, and I saw video of like you know that exactly taking place. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I've been wondering for the last two years, I guess, why why no one's been talking yeah. about that. But you know, uh, after uh, the man, the man popularly dubbed the uh, <laughs> the, the QAnon shaman. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit of a QAnon shaman as of myself. I believe. Oh, really? <laughs> I've always heard him referred to as the like the, the Viking, Viking guy. or something. Yeah, yeah. I I, heard I've Buffalo. never heard him referred to I've, the QAnon yeah. shaman. <laughs> Maybe um, that's just the circles we run in, Joe. I, I feel like I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's an attempt to like be like this guy's crazy. But yeah. that's awesome. That's an awesome name. <laughs> I would. I would. I would love to be called the QAnon shaman. Okay. I. I would be. I, I would be your, your retribution. Q <laughs> sent me. He sent me to be the shaman. Okay, I would invite the shaman on the show, but he's almost certainly in jail for like the next sixty years. He's also trial, crazy. So. He's also like actually crazy. I don't know. I feel like it would be the the shaman in the room at that point, but I don't know. Um, anyway, the popular uh, character of the January sixth uh, insurrection, uh, he was even escorted, seen on video, uh, aired on Tucker Carlson, uh, escorted by Capitol Police into the House chamber, where he then posed for pictures. <laughs> Uh, and then led other protesters, as well as the Capitol Police, yeah. in a prayer, giving thanks to you know them them being on their side. Yeah, and it, it's it's really it's really messed up what's going on there. But uh, many politicians were very like like very quick to uh, criticize Carlson and McCarthy, um, including Senate leaders McConnell and Schumer, and White House Press Secretary Jean Pierre. Um, McConnell saying, quote, uh, it was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official uh, here at the Capitol thinks. Schumer even claims that Fox News needs to step in and and stop Carlson from uh, running what he called a, quote, segment of lies. He later said that uh, Speaker McCarthy is every bit as culpable as uh, Mr. Carlson. Um, and then we have, uh, from sort of the media side of things, uh, Ken Burns on CNN, uh, who called uh, Tucker's uh, January 6th segments a uh, huge threat to our republic, actually. So uh, we have that for you. Well, if Ken Burns said it, then it must be true because, I mean, this guy, he's a real truth teller. <laughs> yeah, he makes movies. Yeah. I, tell me about it limit our ability to understand who we are and are not inclusive they're exclusive they're they're narrowing the focus of what is and isn't american history it's terrifying it feels like a soviet system or you know the way the nazis would build a potemkin village tucker carlson's doing the same thing with the footage from uh one six it's just uh, a, a kind of rewriting of history at the most dangerous level it's 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 huge threat to our republic so this guy's this guy Tucker Carlson is uh, engaging in Soviet-style <laughs> censorship and Nazi-style censorship for uh, airing more footage than the government has allowed the public to see. Yeah, he offers an alternative, and it's uh, very <laughs> oppressive. Yeah, 
you know, I, I don't sit down and watch Tucker Carlson every day, but from the clips that I've seen, for the most part, he's just playing the clips and talking about what's going on in the clips. Yeah. Like, how much lying can you be doing when, like, he plays the clip of no, no, the it, shaman walking around and two policemen walking behind him? He's leading you astray. He's <laughs> leading you astray. They're cherry-picked. You know, he's airing the full footage. <laughs> They're cherry-picked. I don't know how you can say that this is, like, limiting the perspective, like, narrowing in the view, as uh, Burns said. Uh, when he's showing more footage than that mm. has been available or yeah. made avali- available yeah. by the government, and they're just they're just accusing you know Tucker Carlson and McCarthy of writing a revisionist history or something like that, even though that's already been done by yeah. him and his fellow <laughs> compadres in the media. And do you mean to tell me that for the from 2020 to 2022, when Democrats were in control, that you know they didn't slip any of the media some some of the footage that not, nobody got exclusive privilege or that they they had some stuff that they were sitting on some stuff that was really bad for trump would have made him look awful and they they just sat on it they didn't tell anybody but now tucker carlson won't show anybody you mean to tell me that that footage anything that's like damaging to trump isn't or anybody um involved isn't already out there yeah (laughs) it's interesting to see how it was mccarthy like what how do you think that this affects like you know mccarthy's standing because he seems like he's kind of anti mcconnell and like that kind of establishment wing yeah he's very much been kind of the opposite of what i think most people were expecting absolutely you've been listening to elephants in the room on radio free hillsdale 101.7 fm as always we're your hosts kendall and joe joined this week by paul marchetti thanks for coming on the show paul absolutely anytime as we said last week, you can find our show at elephantsintheroom.transistor.fm if you've missed it on the air, where you can see all of our most recent episodes. We hope that you've enjoyed this week's episode of Elephants in the Room, and hope that you tune back in next week.